Welcome to our new podcasting project. Um, my name is Sylvia Ellison. I'm the writing coach at Brandon High School. And I'm Nicole Huff, and I'm the media specialist at Brandon High School. Our professional learning podcast um, is an attempt to closely read and discuss texts that benefit all educators. And through our sacred reading practices, we're going to have conversations that we want you to be able to listen into. Nicole, can you explain to us what sacred reading practices are? Yes, there are a lot of them. Uh, Specifically, we are going to be using Lectio Divina and Florilegia. Yes, those are Latin. These are practices that have been used by monks of different faiths for centuries, and they use them to dig into their own seminal texts so that they can have deeper understanding. Our goal is then to do the same with educational texts. So that with our goal, um, we want to take reading beyond our text and just having that rich conversation. And ultimately, we want you to be able to apply that to your classroom and to your own planning and practices. Yes, because when we treat our texts as sacred, we treat our work and our profession as sacred, and then we treat each other as sacred as well. I'm so excited to discuss these texts with you. I hope everyone will join us on our journey. Yes. So welcome to our first official episode. And the cool thing is Nicole and I have known each other for a long time. So this is like a dream come true of a professional um, powerhouse, yeah. professional collaboration. So we started with Teach Like a Pirate um, because it was inspired by another school, local school, who has um, a f- an entire faculty of new teachers. And so this is the book that we're using to help inspire them. Mm. to inspire kids and not only a school of all new teachers but this is one of those books I feel like that reminds us why we started teaching in the mm. first place so 10-15 years down the line when people talk about remembering your why this is a great book to help you actually do that and yes. like your job and love kids again yes. like remember that we do love kids yeah I remember the first time reading this I felt so validated mm-hmm. um, but better than that I felt like Dave Burgess was putting words to my feelings that he was putting he was helping me define what I needed in order to have to regenerate myself. Well, look at you having a conversation with the author, which is something <laughs> that I talk about in this book uh, when he tells us to answer our passions. That is one of my passions is helping kids see that they get to have conversations with authors and with the broader world by right. reading and talking about it. So based on the Lecto Divina, yes. um, Sacred Text Protocol, um, we found two quotes in this chapter that we kind of want to bookend our conversation with. Um, the first one is just to help us get a context for the, the whole thing, and that's on page four. And it talks where, Jay, where Dave Burgess actually says, I break passion into three distinctive categories content passion, professional passion, and personal passion. And I love the next statement when he says, by consciously focus on, focusing on identifying, developing, and using all three of these categories, it is absolutely possible to become a powerfully passionate teacher every day of the school year. And so I think that that's a good foundational piece for this conversation because those three passions um, really dictate Um, how you can develop the passion that you need in teaching. Well, and because you can spot somebody who has passion. Mm -hmm. And kids 100% know 
when their teacher likes the book they're reading or the unit they're working on or can see the real world application of this task versus things in other times right. because the teacher lights up and then the kids like it more. And what I connected this to is, um, and this is kind of like the content passion, right? Mm -hmm. Is in Teach Like a Champion, Doug Lamoff says that, um, that to make no apologies, right? Mm -hmm. So kids can also see um, when we're not passionate about something, when we try to, to try blame to others it. or we try to fake it. And I think that when you take the technique of no apologies mm -hmm. and combine it with the passion of having an interest in something and not mm -hmm. faking it, but creating a genuine passion that when you come across a content standard or content piece that you're not passionate about, then Dave Burgess, in my opinion, says, if you're not con passionate about that content, then make it about your profession. Yeah. And if you're not content about um, you're not passionate about the professional part, make it about the content or the person. Yes. Right. So, so our first step in Lexio Divina is literal. So let's literally define these three passions okay. that he has set out. So with our content passion, that is within the subject matter, what is it that you like teaching? If you are an English teacher or a math teacher or a social studies teacher, what specific things do you like teaching? And Dave Burgess says he loved uh, Malcolm X and Black Panther Party and the edgier side of right. the civil rights movement. Um, and in English, I loved um, crafting interesting writing. I love the conversation between the author and the student and showing kids how to spot when something might be fake or mm -hmm. when it is um, cleverly worded to get you to agree even though you might not really. And you know, it's interesting, um, as we were talking earlier, I, I found that my, when I look at this now going through the second read, Mm -hmm. I have a different passion now because my, <laughs> my circumstances have changed, right? So I, um, I first wrote skills, collaboration, and short text, but now I, my passion is finding the strategy or the technique that it takes to make a kid get it, to make their light bulb come on, right? And so my content, it, it's, it's based around the standards, but it's the standards that drive my passion to get kids to, to get it. So right. it's your content passion that drives you towards a professional passion. Yes, because which is our as next we one. <laughs> yes, as we define professional passion, he says within your within your profession, not your subject at matter. What are you passionate about? And there, mine are all about kids. Right. Um, you know, helping them have reasons for their opinions and being able to back things up, um, helping them make an action plan helping them plant seeds that flower, like getting them to the next generation. Uh, I love to play devil's advocate in the media center when kids read things and think they have this wonderful opinion that changed their world. And then I give them another book on another side and play devil's advocate. And I like, um, why did I become, he says in here, the answer is probably related to why he became a teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't, I didn't jump into teaching because I wanted it to necessarily. I jumped in because somebody thought I'd be good at it. And what I found is that I, I, I am good at it because I, I study kids. Yeah. Because and you I like people and you value people because, above yes. anything else. Exactly. Well, we had that conversation in the Hate You Give podcast. Um, and I do, and I value kids, and I like teaching the, the struggling readers and the struggling writers because I feel like there's a there's an avenue there that they deserve it too, right? And so mm -hmm. I struggled as a reader and writer um, when I was in high school and college, 
And so now um, I scour everything to find that right strategy, that right technique that will help kids um, and help teachers give kids, you know, because I've been trained a teacher to do that, then the teacher sure. can impact even more kids. It's the teach a person right. to fish versus catching a fish which for is, them. Which leads us to that third passion, which is the personal passion. I think yes. this is the hardest one for me because um, it's complete, completely outside of your profession. What are you passionate about? But the cool thing about me, I think, is that my profession is my passion. <laughs> I, I've discovered that even though I didn't dive into teaching like wholeheartedly, I'm in it wholeheartedly now. Mm-hmm. And I get the greatest satisfaction when I can help a kid discover Right. Discover anything. Anything. Whatever the kid wants to discover. Right. And and I think it's even greater for me when a teacher can discover that they have that same passion. Mine is a little corny these days. Um, it's different now than it would have been years ago. Uh, there was a time when I would have told you my personal profession, personal passion was all about sports and being a Gator fan. <laughs> but these days it's really about being a mom. Oh. Uh, and I bring that to work. I like what he says here. I have... I'm sure we've all had this. You have kids who call you mom or dad, who are your students, not your own kid, but we think of them as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a librarian. I am the teacher whose classroom is a media center. And right. so when they come in here, they're mine. And it is my job to help them with advice in the world and find a book that'll teach them about things and show them how technology works. And um, in doing that, I I also try to teach them that even though it's hard, it's worth it. And um, really it's the way that I function with kids and the role that I have with them is much more parental these days than it used to be. And that's a result of your personal passion. I see that too. I get kids who and come age. find me all the time. Oh, and age. <laughs> yeah. The older we get. So that leads us to our quote. So, Nicole, explain the Lecta Divina process again because I know that we are making it work for us. Yes. So in a real Lectio Divina that monks would do, they would have four steps. First is that they pick a quote, um, and it should be any quote. It can almost be random because the entire text is sacred and so when you treat it as such every quote has meaning so here's a quote literally what is going on in it then figuratively or allegorically how is that like something in society or other literature and then personally how does it connect to your life and then a call to action based on our conversation so what we are doing is three steps because we are going to combine the personal and the um, in the real world because right. our classrooms are personal to us. Exactly. So the quote that we select is on page 10. And it's a little long, but that's okay. And, and we wanted to be clear about this process because in a follow-up activity, if you choose mm-hmm. to do so, we're going to have you do the same thing. And finding the quote so on page 10 in the middle of the page it starts the pa- the paragraph starts with your passion will also help you become absolutely relentless in the pursuit of excellence okay and if you take that a little bit longer with a focus on professional passion teaching is no longer about relaying the content standard it's about transforming lives it's about killing apathy 
It's about helping the next generation fulfill their potential and become successful human beings. It's no longer about memorizing facts. It's about inspiring greatness. So literally what I think he is saying here is that passion is a philosophy that we must all adopt. And if we adopt it, we can not only transform our lives as teachers, but we can transform the lives of our students, right? Oh, I like that. And, and I think, it, and you said it earlier in our, our off the record conversation about killing apathy, that a lot of times teachers will complain that kids are apathetic or they're lazy. But in reality, sometimes we as teachers get to a point where we become apathetic and we might become lazy in the practices that help us become excellent. And you know, it's, I've heard another teacher named Clint Smith, who's now a poet, say, excellence is not an act, but a habit, so you better act like you have it. Oh, um, I think you just jumped into the connections piece. That's awesome. Yes, but that speaks to me here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it is passion, happiness excellence these are mindsets and it's not based on an external factor right what sometimes Dave you have to make the is, choice to yes it's what's in me i can look at today and say it will be good i have reasons to be happy there are awesome things going on in my classroom and i have passionate about them even if i don't like what my actual lesson plan says i'm supposed to teach kids there are things about this that i love well, but and, and take it even a step back. Why did I make a lesson plan <laughs> that I don't like? That I don't like, <laughs> right? So if I'm passionate, maybe I'm not passionate about the specific text I need to teach, right. but I can be passionate about the strategy I'm going to use, mm-hmm. right? And I can apply this awesome strategy to a text that may not be as exciting for me. But here's sure. the cool thing about that, in my opinion, is when you create a lesson plan and you are personally invested in it mm-hmm. and passionate about the professionalism that you have. I think our students can make the content exciting, especially when they give us new insight. Like in, in the English yes. class, we teach pieces of literature all the time that we may be like going, eh, whatever. But then a kid comes up with a new, like off the wall thought that you go, wait, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now I'm passionate about this text. I think the one that did it for me was Letter to Birmingham Jail by Martin Luther King. Oh, tell me. I was teaching that. And I've taught it for years because I respect Martin Luther King. I respect mm-hmm. the message that he had. I just didn't realize, you know, that's eh, a text. Um, I, be, I used a content passion on this one because the, the um, standard that we're using is um, seminal U.S. documents. It was oh. in the standards, right? Mm-hmm. And when I looked at the word seminal, I thought, well, it must be an important. But I wasn't exactly sure what the word meant. And so Mm -hmm. I looked it up. And when I looked it up in the dictionary, Seminole actually translated into Mrs. Ellison's dictionary was, um, changes the course of human history. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, wait a second. How did this letter change the course of human history? So then every question that I posed to students as I taught it, I didn't worry about the questions that were in the lesson plan. I read a chunk. How did that change course of human history? And all of a sudden my kids were excited. I was excited because now I got a whole new perspective about this text that at, at one point was just another text I needed to teach. Wow. Right? So I think that's where passion mm-hmm. can be transformative by just pursuing excellence through one of the passions to begin with. Sure. 
So mine is my personal connection and what happened in my classroom was that um, I was teaching Jekyll and Hyde years and years ago. Mm. Um, And my personal passion uh, for music, I was a band dork in high school. I loved being in band and I say that very lovingly. And so I play flute and I sing and I uh, play piano and my high school had done a Jekyll and Hyde musical as a halftime show in football and marching band. So I knew the musical and I was teaching the novella and there's a lot that's in the musical that's not in the novella, um, specifically women, for instance. Uh, So as the novella can be dry, even though it is dealing with some really important are we good or are we evil themes and is anyone all evil and what does that look like? And, um, you know, aren't there just gray areas? I was still dealing with language that was older and text that was a little stiff and kids weren't overly excited. And I decided that the way I would do this was by bringing in my personal passion and awakening it. And that was that I brought in um, and played one of the CDs, one of the songs from the musical. And then we had a new discussion about what was going on in the text. And I picked a song that was largely from the text. It was one of the first ones called I Need to Know, where he discusses, I need to know why man plays this strange double game, his hand always close to the flame. It's a deal with the devil I cannot disclaim, but what's his aim? I need to know. Yes, I have the whole thing memorized. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Definitely passion. (laughs) (laughs) So... He talked about good and evil in this song in a way that kids identified with through music. And all of a sudden, we could have those deep conversations. Wow, what a great lesson plan. And (laughs) and to think about the multi-dimensions of that. um, And it just came from your passion. The Mm -hmm. the fact that you had this connection to this text. I bet you your kids enjoyed reading Jekyll and Hyde. I bet you they did. Some of them um, were also in chorus. And they... Later in one of the showcase, two of the kids did a song from Jekyll and Hyde at their final concert. So, see, yeah, they did. So, um, it worked. So, with that, then we kind of jump into what's our call to action, right? Like, so what does this mean for us as teachers and as studiers of this book? I think that we go back to the text, right? Mm-hmm. And in the text at the end, he says, um, the ring says, light yourself on fire with passion and don't worry if it's not a controlled burn. Right. Oh, I loved that. So I think, <laughs> first of all, get the image there, right? That and sometimes we're we so want to be in control that that's where we lose sight of the passion that can exist in our classrooms, and 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 that control feature can can inhibit not only us but our students. So I think as teachers, the first thing I think I would the call to action would be for people following along with us is to be sure that you can clearly define your passions plural yes what is your content passion what is your professional passion and then do you find a personal passion and very importantly here this what is your content passion if i know what what i am passionate about in my content i also then realize what i'm not as passionate about and when i know in my content the things that i really do need to teach kids that i'm not as passionate about then I know the places where I need to inject my personal and professional passion. 
Exactly. And that, I think, comes out in our lesson planning. Mm-hmm. And so um, instead of being apathetic and killing Just apathy, getting through this one. Correct. That I think that maybe um, that's where passion is going to help us pursue excellence all the way around. So this week, if you are following along and want to um, extend your learning, make sure that you think about those thoughts. Yes. What is your content passion? What is your professional passion? What might be your personal passion? And how can the three of those transform your classroom? And then to take it even a step further, let's also think about what's one lesson that you taught where your passions, one of them, made the lesson catch fire. Yes. Yes, because that's a, that's a floor plan mm-hmm. for maybe what you can do another in classes. the future. We are so glad you joined us today. We hope that you will also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at CTech Podcasts, and you can also subscribe on iTunes and Google Play at the same CTech Podcasts. On either of these locations, you can leave us a comment. Um, we will have a Twitter slow chat um, using the same hashtag, CTech Podcasts. Or we'd also love for you to send us a two-minute or less voicemail with your own quote and reflection. Just record an audio message on your phone and send it to ctechpodcasts at gmail.com. We would love to feature you on a future episode. Have a great day.